1: being rewarded for your faith next on times of refreshing with pastor napoleon kaufman We've been saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? Ephesians 2, we all know this, but do you realize that that gift of faith is also rewarded? Yeah. We're going to talk about that today here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. If you'll join us, we're in Hebrews chapter eleven, as well as Romans chapter four. We're going to take a look at the rewards of faith. Yeah, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with more on times of refreshing.
2: I want to talk to you this morning about how God is the rewarder of faith. He is a rewarder of faith. Hebrews chapter eleven is a a very very important chapter in the Bible. It gives us insight into what true faith looks like, how faith responds in the midst of adversity, how faith through the lives of the patriarchs can carry us through every storm in life, and how faith is heaven's currency. The way in which we get God to respond is by releasing our faith. It's one of the ways in which we get God to respond. And he clearly states here that without, without it, it is impossible. It is impossible to please God if we're walking in fear and unbelief and, and anxiety and worry. We have to get to a place where our faith, our, our trust, and our belief in God becomes fixed within us. It says here in verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 11, By faith Abel offered to God a more exceedingly, I mean, excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch, when he was taken away so that he did not see death, he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How many want to please God in this room? He had this testimony, may that be our testimony, that we please God. And then he says in verse 6, but without faith, somebody say without faith. faith. He says, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, but this is the key, and that he is a rewarder of those who who diligently would seek Him. I want to stop here because oftentimes when we we quote Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we will say, but without faith is it impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. And we stop there. We stop there. And we have to realize that, yes, God wants us to believe in Him. And there are a lot of people who believe in God. Who know that He is, that He exists. And they know that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But the thing that we have to do is graduate to the place where we clearly understand that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. We know that He is. We know that He exists. We know that he's on our side, that he loves us, that Jesus died, was buried, he went to the grave, he got up for our redemption. We know that he's our high priest. We know that he's our sanctifier. We know that he sent forth his spirit as a paraclete to walk with us and to talk with us and to comfort us and to lead and guide us into all truth. All those things are good. But do you see him as a rewarder? And I think this is the issue. Oftentimes we see God rewarding someone else. But do you see God rewarding you? Because you, diligently, because you diligently seek him. And Look what he says. He says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And then he doesn't stop there. He says, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Saints, we have to get to the place where we start believing God that He's going to reward our seeking of Him. He's going to reward us for our quest to get to know Him. This has to be something that's clear. There has to be a confident expectation that comes upon us that that as we're seeking Him, our expectation is that, God, you're going to reward me because I'm diligent and not just seeking what you're going to do for me. But seeking you, that I'm, I'm after you, I'm diligent about knowing you, and I'm going to continue to pursue you for the rest of my life. And God, I know that you're going to reward me. In your way, you're going to reward me. Sometimes we lose sight of this. We, we're walking in faith, but our faith also has to be coupled with an expectation that, God, you're going to bring to pass and you're going to reward me for my diligence. Most people, when they're walking with God, they have a, and I I want to say this right because there's an aspect to it that we must understand. And that is, we have a beggarly mentality that, oh, whatever happens, happens. You know, I'm just a low-down, dirty rat sinner that, that God just cleaned up, and we know that. But once he's got you in his hand... Can you start to believe him that he's going to reward you? He's going to bring something into your life as you continue to seek him. That you're not just getting by in life. That God, God, you're going to reward me and my expectation is, God, you're going to bless me. You're going to open the door. You're going to do something spectacular in my life. Then, Lord, you didn't just save me just so me to wander through life and just feel like I'm a low-down, dirty rat. That God, I am blessed that you have blessed me and that you will continue to bless me. Why? Because you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And that's, that's an aspect of faith that we have to get, saints. Amen. That I, I believe God and I believe in God and I love God. But I also know that as I seek him, he's going to reward me. And it doesn't matter what this person says. It doesn't matter what that person says. It doesn't matter what my family members have said. It doesn't matter what anybody says. The God that I serve, if I diligently seek him, he's going to rip. Can I have an amen in here? Yeah. This, it's a mentality that we good get. And it's not that we become pompous or proud or arrogant. It's just that we begin to take God at his word. That, Lord, as I diligently seek you, as I sit down to make sure that I prioritize you in my life, as I organize things and reorganize things and I begin to establish things in my life that put you first and make you first, that, God, on the other end of that, you're going to reward me. And there's nothing wrong with having that expectation. God, through his word, he's trying to establish this within us. When King David would go out to war, and he would sit down and he would inquire of the Lord. He would diligently seek the Lord. The Lord would give him specific instructions. And he would tell him, this is, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. And, and as he took time just to go before God, He got his marching instructions, he went out into battle, and through the relationship with God and the union with God, there was an expectation of victory that was built into the relationship. And so it's the same thing for us. If we want victory, we want reward, there was a reward for his seeking of God. He took the nation of Israel, David did, and they went in and they would go in and wipe out the land. And in their mind, this is just what happens because God is on my side. And I've got my instructions from God. Well, it's the same thing with us as we diligently seek him. There should be an expectation that on the other side, God, you're going you're to bless me. You're going to do this. Lord, as I'm trying to get my life together. As I'm trying to get my finances together. As I'm trying to get my marriage together. As I'm trying to get my health together. As I'm trying to get my kids together. As I'm trying to pay my bills and everything. As I'm trying to do this. Th- if I put you first and I diligently seek you, God, you're going to reward me. This is my expectation. This is my, my belief system. My, my belief is that, Lord, if I do this, then you're going to do that. And this is what we're trying to establish and we have to see happen with us. It's not enough just to say, well, I believe God and I believe in God. And I believe that he exists. I want to get to the place and I pray our whole church gets to a place where we we expect victory in our lives because we diligently seek him. And we expect him to reward us on the other side of our diligence. Now, the key is. And he says it here, of those who diligently seek him. And I've been saying this, but i got to reiterate it again. Your pursuit isn't just the stuff. Your, Your pursuit isn't just the breakthrough. The breakthrough is the byproduct of your seeking him. And diligently seeking him. It's what happens on the other side of me prioritizing God and going after God. God just starts to open doors and he starts to break down walls and he starts to put me on a smooth path. Some of our lives are like a rocky road. And it's not because, and sometimes we, we try to over-spiritualize it and we everybody's going to have moments where you go through. But if your whole life has been a bumpy road. We have to stop and say, man, am I putting God first? Because he wants my path to be straight. He wants me to, he doesn't want me going through every peak and valley and mountain all day. Can I get on, can I have one year of just some peace? Well, sometimes God wants to give us that, but we haven't put him first. We're diligently seeking everything else except Him. Now, when we're diligently seeking Him, saints, we're diligently seeking Him. Lord, I want to know who You are. I want to know the depths of Your person. I want to take time out of the busyness of my schedule in my life to diligently seek You in regards to The way you feel about things. The way you view things. The way that you see things. I want this Bible to give me insight in the things that please you. Enoch had the testimony that he pleased you, God. Well, I'm going to study Enoch. I want to find out what it was that Enoch did that caused him to be pleasing in the sight of God. I'm going to find that out. Because I want to find out what pleases him. I want to find out. If, if God says I need more faith. I want to find out what Abraham did. I'm going to study Abraham's life. And I'm going to do a, uh, I'm going to do a systematic uh, study of his very person. His history. Everything about him. To find out what it is that Abraham did. And, and how did he. Why did God bless him like that? I want to pick up my Bible. And I want to study about Moses. And I'm going to study about King David and his victories and his wars and and how he would respond. I want to find out what these people did. Saints, we don't just grow up knowing this stuff. Our Bible helps us to get into what it was that caused God to respond to people a certain way. Because there was a a call and then there was a response that, that pleased God. I want to find out what pleases him this is a part of diligently seeking him i'm diligently seeking him and in the midst of him dealing with others he's teaching me a little bit about himself as he's dealt with others through the scripture he's going to reveal to me how he deals with humanity i want to know that saints every personal experience that we have with god should always be measured by the scripture it should always be weighed by the scripture because this comes first, not just our personal experience. It has to be measured. God, teach me. How did you respond to these guys? What was it about Judas that caused him to betray you? I want to I make sure that I, I'm able to watch out for that. What, what, is, what was it about Peter that caused him to put his foot in his mouth and deny you? I don't want any of that in my heart. Teach me how to overcome. What was it about Peter that caused that in the end he turned and then he, most theologians said that, he said, if you read Fox's book of Mortars, that he he said, don't even crucify me right side up. Crucify me upside down. I'm not even worthy to be crucified like my Lord. How did he go from denying the Lord to doing that? There's something in us that has to get to a place where we diligently seek him. And then God starts to reward us. He starts to reward us. He starts to reward us in so many different ways. But it has to be our passion. It has to be our place. And it has to be a part of our faith statement. It's not just I believe in God. Do you believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? That's where we have to get to so that our expectation becomes clear. Let's go to Romans chapter 4 and we're going to look at a scenario here that I think will help to give us a picture of the process that we kind of go through to get to this place where we start seeing God time after time, answer our prayers, reward us and bless us consistently and give us peace. Romans chapter 4 verse 13. We're going to read it from verse 13 on down to 25. It says here in verse 13. For the promise that he, Abraham, would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to, to his sons. Excuse me. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath. And when he's referencing the law, he's talking about the law of Moses, the Mosaic law. He says, because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith... That it might be according to grace so that the promise might, might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, the Jews, but also to those who are of the faith of who? Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father Of many nations. This is what God said to Abraham I have made you a father of many nations, not just the nation of Israel. He said, But many nations. In the presence of him who he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now watch this. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations. Abraham, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now here it is. And not being weak in faith, Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. Somebody say fully convinced or or fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our, he says, justification. He says it here in verse 18 and we're going to break this down. He says, and "He says who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations, Abraham. And to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. Somebody just write down weak in faith. Sometimes it's not a matter of us having no faith. Sometimes it's not that we have totally forsaken God. We don't believe in God. We don't trust God. It's not a matter of that. Uh, You know, most people that have given their life to God walking with God we know we believe God we we love God we believe in God but sometimes we're in a position where our faith is just weak it's not gone but it's weak and and that means that sometimes we'll believe God for certain things but we won't believe God for other things it's not that we're faithless it is not but 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 sometimes we just need a faith injection we just need to be stimulated more in an area because our faith is getting weak. It is possible to have weak faith. And I think we have to understand that if you have weak faith, praise God that, you're, that you still have some faith. But we want to be to the place where we have great faith. Amen? And every area of our life that we, we've got to the place where we truly trust God and we expect this is what Abraham had to do. As he became the father of many nations. And he was almost a hundred years old. And God had made him a promise that he was going to have a son. And his wife was way up in age. And they were past the age. And, And they're in this state where they're looking at their circumstances, their bodies. And they're saying that this is impossible. There's no way in the natural that this should happen. But how many know that God doesn't just operate according to natural laws and rules? God will speak through a donkey to get your attention if he has to. They're looking at their, internal, their, their, their circumstances and they understand that. But I love this. It says, but Abraham was not weak in his faith. Even though his, his circumstances... Clearly, we're contrary to what God has spoken. He says, but not being weak in faith. Do we allow our present state and circumstances to, de- to determine what level of faith we're going to have? Never allow your present state or circumstances to declare to you what kind of faith you're going to have. Don't you let your present circumstances talk to you louder than God is talking to you. Don't you let your present circumstance whisper in your ear and tell you that you cannot come out. If you are diligent in seeking God, he will reward you. Don't let what you're going through in your life tell you because your circumstances will whisper to you. Your circumstance will keep you up at night, will have you up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning worrying and stressing about something that God has already got figured out if we just diligently seek Him. Can I have an amen today? And this is what happens. We have to get it in our mind that I'm not going to let my circumstances become louder to me than God who has clearly spoken to me that He is a God of promise. And that he will reward me as I diligently seek him. It says in not being weak in faith. He didn't look at, look what he says. He says in not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. His circumstances, he didn't allow his circumstances to dictate to him what was going to happen. You may not have all the degrees. But you better go and apply for that job. You may not have all the this and the that. And I'm not saying that you don't need to go get it. But what I am saying is, if God is telling you to move, you got to move. And you can't always... God, God does not always place us in positions totally based on our natural qualifications. Sometimes God wants you there because God wants you there. And if God wants you there, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Can I have an amen, y'all? We've got to start believing and getting in our mind that, wait a minute, I'm going to do what God's asking me to do.
1: A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551 of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address